We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what's up, Chargers fans? Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers kickoff. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm here to talk about prize picks. Prize picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Watch your progress update in real time win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using PrizePix so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. It's more fun to be there live for Los Angeles Chargers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if you change your plans, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash chargers.
Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am the host. I'm the only one today. Um, obviously, had to jump on uh, and talk about the J.C. Jackson situation. Uh, I am leaving for Utah in a few hours uh, to fly to my brother's wedding. Um, thankfully, I took the day off and could talk about this today. So, um, a wild situation. Um, uh, obviously, we've talked about how just bizarre and everything it is over the last few weeks. Um, and it obviously came to a head and come, came to a finish today as the Chargers have traded J.C. Jackson uh, to the New England Patriots back to Bill Belichick, which, of course, that's the place where he's going. Um, so going to dive into kind of how we got here, the timeline of everything, and, of course, the repercussions of the decision to trade at J.C. Jackson. Um, before we get started uh, officially, uh, Tyler and I did just record our episode on the Chargers feed that did drop earlier this morning. So if you missed that, please go check it out. Um, we obviously kind of dove into the Raiders game. We talked about kind of where the team is at uh, during the bye week and in the AFC and gave out some uh, quarterly awards. Um, wanted to kind of zoom out a little bit and see really where the Chargers stacked up uh, across the board. So again, please go check that out. Um, I was going to do a mailbag segment for our Patreon supporters and YouTube members. I apologize, guys. That's not going to be happening today uh, because of this video I've been working on, on getting information ready and getting everything uh, uh, supported and everything. Wanted to make sure that I could really talk about this in depth in the way that uh, it requires. So uh, I'll do a mailbag next week. Um, I'll probably use a lot of those same questions. I'll post it again. Um, but for those who... We're hoping for a mailbag this week. I apologize, uh, but that is going to be replaced by this video that is obviously open to the public. All right. Uh, as always, like, subscribe, all that good stuff does really appreciate, does really support the show, I, sh uh, I should say, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Okay. That being said, let's dive in. Uh, Chargers decide to ultimately move on from JC Jackson. Um, so many different things to, to cover here. So I wanted to really dive into the specific timeline here i apologize if you can't really see this very much but um i wanted to lay everything out on the table and just kind of you know flush out the the process because there's a lot of revisionist history going on and, and i think it's important that we address all of it so um obviously going back to the spring of 2022 the off season chargers had a lot of money chargers were rumored to be big fish hunting obviously traded for Klumac. that has worked out pretty well um sebastian joseph day austin johnson all these guys make up the core of the free agency group, but uh, J.C. Jackson was the jewel of the group. And Brandon Staley has, uh, we have all in footage of this. We have public press conference of this. They wanted a premier cornerback to come in and shadow number one receivers, play zone, play man, take the football away. Those were the key factors and the reason why the, the Chargers decided to Sign Brandon Staley. Um, obviously, when uh, J.C. Jackson is, is touring the facility for the first time, Brandon Staley says to him, we knew that we had to get you into this building. They wanted him. They went and got him. They paid him a five-year, $82 million deal. Um, there was a lot of speculation about, like, you know, where he would uh, stand in the cornerback market. I think that put him in the, in the top five at the time, which had since been replaced. But they gave him a ton of money to come in and be this premium cornerback, one that could un unlock the defense, be his version of of, of Jalen Ramsey for the Chargers. And obviously that did not come to fruition. Now, I mentioned the revision, revisionist history. There's a lot of people I knew this wasn't going to work. 
I knew that, you know, uh, people who leave New England never work out the way that the teams hope. Like all this stuff is, is being spread on social media. Every single person was stoked. Not I shouldn't say every single person. The majority of people were stoked at this signing. Um, we obviously were big fans of the signing. Every metric that we had looked at in man coverage, zone coverage, passer rating, forcing completions, anything pointed towards JC Jackson being a premium number one corner, um, dubbed himself Mr. INT for a reason. And regardless of what your feelings are now, I think we were all very, very excited, including the Chargers, about the potential of signing JC Jackson. Fast forward to training camp 2022. Um, JC Jackson is making incredible first impressions on the team, on the fans. He's making interceptions, making pass breakups, um, shines against the Dallas Cowboys in joint practices. Tyler came on this channel uh, along with several other B reporters that were pegging him as the best player in those joint practices. And that includes Micah Parsons and all these other guys. JC Jackson was just nails for this team, completely locking down. C.D. Lamb and Mari Cooper, or wait, that was probably after the Mari Cooper trade, excuse me. Um, but J.C. Jackson was just locking everybody down in training camp, making a great first impression. Brandon Staley is at the podium every single day. We're so excited about this guy. He's going to crush it for us. So many positive vibes. Then the ankle surgery pops up. It's a phantom injury the Chargers supposedly did not know about. Um, you know, this is uh, apparently something that JC had been dealing with for a very long time. Um, there was a lot of pain and discomfort, discomfort. He leaves the team, has the surgery back in, um, uh, Massachusetts where he was comfortable with that doctor comes back to the team, does his rehab and everything like that. And that's really kind of where this took a turn for the worse, unfortunately for the chargers. So he has this ankle surgery. Um, and then week two against the Chief comes up. There's basically zero public indication that J.C. Jackson was going to play. Um, he did not practice that week at all. He was still on the injury report. Um, the Chargers were very careful about not placing him, in, him on injury reserve because they knew he would be able to come back at some point because the, the ankle surgery happened you know, early in September, you know, or excuse me, early into August. Um, you know, that he had, you know, six to eight weeks essentially to prepare for coming back. And, and that was kind of the, the estimated timeline. Um, he comes back for week two after not practicing. It was not pretty. Um, Justin Watson beats him for a big touchdown. And then it comes out that he kind of has this little setback. The ankle is not completely ready yet. So he misses week three, comes back for week four against the Browns. And again, it's just not pretty. Week five, not pretty. Week six against the Broncos. It was not great. He gets benched. And then finally in week seven against the Seahawks is when he really starts to look like himself. And that is when the patella tendon uh, tear rupture happens uh, for JC Jackson. Obviously misses the rest of the season. I've talked a lot about my own experiences with that injury on this channel. Just completely set him back, obviously. Um, and, and that's where he stood heading into the offseason. Um, publicly, privately, you know, uh, according Daniel Popper wrote about this, I've heard the same thing that JC Jackson stuck around in Los Angeles for the entire offseason because he wanted to show the team that he was committed to recovering, committed to becoming that player that they signed, that they envisioned, um, that they were hoping for, that we were all hoping for. So he's in Los Angeles the entire offseason working with the Chargers training staff, working with the Chargers doctors to get back on track. 
2023 training camp. He's ready for day one, getting a pass breakup on Keenan Allen. Everything's all positive, right? Um, make some plays sporadically because the Chargers kind of easing him back into things, ramping things up, attacking it very smartly, in my opinion, at that point. Um, then he suffers a, a minor setback that sidelines him, I think, for two weeks of practice. But the hope was always that he was going to be ready for the start of the regular season. JC Jackson was on NFL Network before training camp. I'm ready. I'm healthy. I'm going to intercept Mac Jones, which, you know, now he's back on the Patriots. Um, a lot of positive vibes about JC Jackson. You know, comeback player of the year, all this talk and everything like that. Every Everything was very, very positive. There were definitely some pockets of negativity. But for the most part, everything was very positive. Um his first game back, which it, to me is is a mistake of the Chargers, where they're having him shadow Tyree Kill, which like who does that on a healthy corner, let alone like a player who's coming off of an injury like that. So he, right or wrong, he gets cooked by Tyree Kill, and that tends to happen even against healthy corners. Um, week two, Chargers are rotating corners, basically um, him and Michael Davis. Uh, first and foremost, are the ones rotating. J.C. Jackson is a healthy scratch in week three and then publicly questions the decision, says that he's confused. He doesn't know what more the coaches want from him. Um, and also that he was not 100 percent healthy. He was doing what he could. Um, he, according to reporters, he was emphatically stating that he was not healthy, but he was working through it. Um, so week four, he's active, which I don't know if he would have been if Dean Leonard were not injured, um, but he doesn't play a single snap. And then this week, obviously, the trade happens. Daniel Popper is writing in The Athletic that his relationship with the coaching staff is eroding behind the scenes, which is not a surprise when you publicly question the coaching staff and say that there was no communication, I'm confused. And then Brandon Staley comes out and says, we were very clear with him about the reasons why. Um, paraphrasing, but acceptance of that decision is another story, basically, is what Brandon Staley says. So... Now he's traded. Now he's back in New England. So I wanted to address kind of how we got to this point, because I do think it is important to make sure that we're all on the same page about what exactly happened here. Um, we'll have some time to express some opinions about this signing and how everything have come, has come down um, here in a minute. But from a timeline perspective, that's the way it went down. <clears throat> All right, financial repercussions. I'm hardly a financial expert, so I wanted to make sure all the information was out about this before I, I came out on here and talked about it. Um, the Chargers are taking on the bulk of Jackson's remaining 2023 salary. Um, according to Jeremy Fowler and others, the they are converting most of his salary to a signing bonus, which frees up around $1.5 million in immediate cap relief. Um, there was some possible mention of it being up to $7 million. Uh, my understanding talking to Arjun and some others is that it is 1.5 million in terms of cap relief. So the chargers um, entered today with around $11 million in cap space. That should be closer to 13 at this point in time. Um, for 2024, the chargers are going to take on a pretty significant dead cap hit. Uh, Daniel Popper reported $21 million ish. Um, but for the most part, they'll be able to get out of the majority of his contract um, after this season. So the Patriots are 
already saying that they are reworking his contract because as it currently stands, they are slated to take on the rest of his contract. So essentially the Chargers will not have to pay JC Jackson, um, you know, while the rest of this contract plays out in New England. Um, The dead cap hit is there. The dead cap hits will be there the following years. But for the most part, the Chargers are going to get out of this contract. Um, You look here, looking at the legacy of this contract, um, essentially the Chargers paid around $40 million for seven healthy games of J.C. Jackson. Um, That's just obviously not ideal. This is obviously one of the worst contracts the Chargers have ever given out. Um, the Donald Butler extension comes to mind. The Orlando Franklin deal comes to mind, but seven games, $40 million. That's a, that's a pretty tough look. And again, it's impossible to not talk about this contract and not talk about the injury history, but that's a pretty uh, damning sentence right there for seven games, $40 million. Um, exact cap savings in the future are to be determined at this time. You know, some of these things are, are subject to change. Um, from my understanding, the Chargers should save around $14 million in space each of the next three off seasons. Um, next season in particular, that is when um, the Chargers are going to have a ton of big decisions. We've we've talked about this several times on the show. Essentially, they, have, they had four big contracts that they were going to have to cut or trade obviously being Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. Um, This frees up the opportunity for them to not have to cut two of them and instead most likely only have to cut one. Depending on who exactly is making these decisions, that could certainly change. Um, But for now, you only have to cut one of the big four to get under the cap. So as it currently stands with the J.C. Jackson contract, you're around negative $16 million in the red for 2024. You have a bunch of rollover cap that is currently in play. You have a potential rise in the salary cap thanks to all the new YouTube money and gambling money, everything like that. Um, but theoretically, the Chargers are going to have to cut at least one of the big four to get under the cap. Um, you know, and that certainly changes things. You know, I, I think headed before today. <laughs> I think we all kind of were assuming that that was going to be Khalil Mack and Mike Williams. Maybe now it's just one of those two. Maybe they decide to trade Joey Bosa. Um, The one thing I'm confident with those big four is that Keenan Allen is going to be here to stay. Keenan Allen is playing at an elite level still to this day, and he is Justin Herbert's number one target. So um, really, it's deciding one of those other three that you have to cut and uh, get under the cap. And again, things could change. People could change. Maybe they cut all three of them. Maybe they just decide to do one. Maybe they do two. I don't know. Think, But right now, you only have to cut one to get under the cap and get manageable. You can do some other things, cutting Sebastian Joseph Day, restructuring Corey Lindsley, which, you know, that's obviously on ice right now. Um, but that's the financial repercussions. On the field, on the roster, uh, Brandon Staley seemed to basically publicly commit to the starting trio of Michael Davis, Asante Samuel, and Jasir Taylor after being in the Raiders. Th- this decision today, to me, solidifies that decision. Um, these three are your guys, barring an injury. Um, whether or not you think that they played well enough to merit that kind of public commitment or, or not is a different discussion. But these are your three starters. 
I'm hopeful that like the settling of this situation can lead to some improvement, particularly from Michael Davis. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. has played really well the last two weeks. Um, I think we're seeing him kind of get back to his former self. Jasir Taylor is still kind of figuring it out. But these are your guys. These are This is your starting trio, barring an injury. Um, as it currently stands, the Chargers only have four cornerbacks on the healthy roster. I mentioned the injury to Dean Leonard. He is currently not healthy. Um, he has the hamstring injury. I don't think it's a long-term concern. But it happened late in the week leading up to the Raiders game. Um, That kind of timeline makes me think that he'll at least miss the Cowboys game, potentially also the Chiefs game. Um, But Jamison Omar can talk about that and has talked about that. But he's not playing against the Cowboys. I I think that much is is clear based off of his injury, based off of when it happened and how the Chargers have kind of treated these injuries in the past. It feels like generally speaking under Brandon Staley he they like to have a ramp up period so if he is even if like best case scenario comes back from the bye he's feeling good i would assume that he's a limited participant in practice that week misses the the cowboys game full participant leading up to the chiefs game and maybe plays that game so right now you have three healthy corners <laughs> that's where the chargers are at with this decision um they do have five safeties you know, Brandon Staley in the past has kept 10 defensive backs. It's what we formulated our predictions based off of right now. They only have nine and one of those is not healthy. So the Chargers are going to have to add somebody. Obviously, a lot of Bryce Callahan talk. I've seen some Casey Hayward talk. I don't think the Chargers are going out here to find a starting caliber corner. I think it's more somebody who is a depth option um and can also play special teams i do also think that it would be somebody who is primarily an outside corner but can also play in the slot so brandon staley traditionally likes to have a pure slot corner right now that is just your taylor and then he likes to have a couple pure outside corners um dean leonard michael davis and then the other guys or guy generally has to have some flexibility so Asante Samuel Jr. has mostly exclusively played outside corner. They've cross-trained him from the jump um, to play the slot. We haven't really seen much of that come to fruition, but he has that ability. I think that's the kind of player that they'll be looking for to help fortify the depth. So that's not Bryce Callahan. He's a slot-only player. That's not Casey Hayward. He's an outside player. So I think you're looking for somebody who can do a little bit of both, play special teams, maybe be a veteran, maybe be a younger guy. I kind of would prefer to see a younger guy. Um, It's possible that you're talking about like a Taiwan Mullen coming back, maybe a Cam Brown comes back. Um, But I do think that they'll kind of go looking for a Dean Marlowe, Nick Vanette-esque kind of player out there, Simi Fajoko, same kind of thing. Somebody that's out on a practice squad, somebody that's in shape, somebody that has familiarity with the scheme, somebody that has familiarity with the personnel. So that's that's kind of the player that I think you're looking at. Uh, Jake Hefner from Chargers Unleashed pointed out Greedy Williams as a possibility. I would like that. He hasn't played a ton, um, but he's a younger guy, taller, longer, can play outside, can play in the slot, has, can, has the speed to play gunner. So I think that's kind of an option that could at least make sense in the short term. Um, Sidney Jones is a veteran player that has played some, some good ball for the Seahawks in recent memory. Um, He's currently on the Bengals practice squad. 
that option makes some sense to me. There are some other practice squad players that I think you could go out and target. Um, you know, you can bring Matt Hankins up for a game and see where that looks like. But for the most part, I, I do tend to think that they'll go out and try and, and replace his JC Jackson's roster spot with another cornerback who is more of a supporter of supporting caliber player, a depth player, and not really a starter. Because I, I, I think that the Chargers feel much better about their trio than fans do. Um, whether or not you feel good about that is another story. Um, but I think if this group can get Michael Davis back to the way he was playing last season, I do feel comfortable with where that group is at. That's a big if you got to get Michael Davis there, but if he can get, if he can get there, then I think you feel good about this group. Long-term wise. I think this puts a big flashing neon light on cornerback in the first round in 2024. And I think that is regardless of who is calling the shots. Like, I don't care who the GM is. I don't care who the head coach is. This team does not have a long-term asset at cornerback. You look at all of the other premium positions, and they have those long-term assets. You have Justin Herbert. You have Rashawn Slater. Trey Pipkins is locked up for a, a good amount of time. You have the two guards. Uh, you have your wide receivers locked up with Keenan, Quentin, and Joshua Palmer. You know, tight end can certainly be in the conversation. Um, and I, I think it, we could get to that point. But you have your edge rushers, Thule and Joey, at least for 2024. You have your safeties with uh, Derwin James, JT Woods. Like you have long-term assets there. Linebacker certainly could be in this conversation along with tight end. But you look at the cornerback room. You just traded away your one long-term asset, which was JC Jackson. Um, and obviously we're hoping to get him back on in, in, to his previous form. But he's gone now. Michael Davis is a free agent at the end of the season. Hasn't played super well this year. Uh is an older cornerback and Asante Samuel Jr. will be heading into the final year of his rookie contract next year. Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard haven't really played all that much. So you do not have a long-term asset at cornerback. So like, I don't care who the GM is like cornerback is your number one need heading into the off season. There's going to be a lot of, well, if you cut Mike Williams, you got to get a wide receiver. You don't have a tight end. You got to build around Justin Herbert, maybe Corey Lindsley's situation. Um, it, it had, does not improve. Maybe draft a center. You know, you don't really have a long-term asset, a linebacker. Derwin needs some help at safety. I don't care. You do not have a long-term asset at cornerback in the NFL in 2024. That's a huge problem. It's a huge problem, guys. <laughs> you look at most of these other teams and they have, two, three, four long-term assets at cornerback and you have you feel great about that that room, you cannot head into the 2024 season without having a long-term asset at cornerback. Like, whether that's free agency or draft, I tend to prefer the draft at this point. Uh, Big-time free agents, I'm kind of out on. <laughs> this situation with J.C. Jackson has is going to leave some scars. You know, I, I was rooting for the guy, but it's going to leave some scars for me personally. Um. So Alex Katzen uh, on this channel has done a great job of, of highlighting some potential draft targets already. Um, you know, I know a, a good amount of our listeners love to talk about the draft. So if you're not watching Alex Katzen's videos, I think you're missing out. So uh, I have not watched any draft prospects yet. Tyler hasn't. Alex Insorf hasn't. Arjun hasn't. 
Alex Katzen is the reason <laughs> that we have uh, that kind of conversation going on already because he is watching those tapes. He is watching the games um, and, and taking notes and everything. And so he's the guy that you want to talk to for draft needs. All right. That's pretty much everything. Um, unfortunate situation, man. It sucks. I was really rooting for JC Jackson. Um, the re recovery process obviously hit a nerve for me. The way he was talked about obviously hit a nerve for me. I'm bummed. You know, I wanted JC Jackson to be able to come in here and play at the level, not necessarily at the same level, but play at a good level, play at a solid level. I think it would have been a great story for the Chargers. Um, sometimes things just don't work out. You know, it 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 sucks, but the Chargers are, are moving on, and I think we have to move on as a fan base as well. So um you know, the Chargers went and, and swung big for the fences and struck out. Shit happens sometimes. <laughs> um, so a bizarre situation comes to its end. I think a, a fresh start was needed for both of these respective parties. Um, the Patriots don't have a single healthy cornerback on their roster right now. I don't even know if JC qualifies for that. Um, you know, Christian Gonzalez, all those guys are all injured. So, um, of course, it's back to the Patriots, back to where he's comfortable. We'll see what happens. Either way, Chargers had to move on. Very similar vibes to kind of the Jerry Tillery situation, although Jerry Tillery was not signed to a huge deal. Um, but regardless, this is where we're at. So um, with JC, nothing but the best. Hopefully he's able to, to get healthy. Um, but the Chargers obviously decided to move on here. So that, that I think, is, is something worth talking about really quickly, too. Um, the Chargers under Brandon Staley are not afraid to move on from players who do not work out. And I think that's a good thing. Obviously, we would hope for every player they sign draft to work out. But if it doesn't, Brandon Staley is going to move on. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, hope Michael Davis finds his previous form. And uh, if he does, I think the Chargers could be in a good in a, in a good spot going forward. All right. So that's going to do it for me today. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the video. Um, crazy situation. Cannot remember anything like this uh, happening during the bye week previously. But uh, this is where we're at. So like I mentioned, uh, Tyler and I just dropped our recent video on the Chargers episode, uh, Chargers feeds earlier this morning. Please go check it out. Um, we'll be live on Sunday morning for our usual Q&A that happens on Saturday. Saturday, I'll be traveling back from Utah. So uh, stay tuned for Sunday. I'm sure we'll have a lot more JC Jackson questions to uh, dive into that day. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for me. We'll see you next time. As always, bolt up.